morning. I am so very excited about being here today and it feels really good to be back in the sanctuary. And I know that this building is not the church. We are the church. And that's part of my excitement. Truly, it's like what the enemy meant for evil, God turns around for good. And it reminds me of the story of the Israelites in the book of Exodus, where the more the enemy tried to oppress them, the more they multiplied. And the enemy here tried to shut us down, but it backfired and our reach has multiplied. I do miss physically being in the sanctuary together. I can still visualize all your faces. You know, those of you who normally sit right down here in the middle section, and those of you who are normally on my right or on my left or up back there in the upper seats in that upper section. But I want to say this, that Wherever you are today, even if you are watching this all by yourself in your home, know this, that you are not alone. So just look to your right and say, good morning, Jesus. And then look to your left and say, good morning, Jesus because he is there with you and he is here with me. He is omnipresent, he's everywhere. In the midst of this pandemic, the shutdowns, Yes, there are people who are struggling financially and there are others who are very sick and even some that are dying and I'd never minimize any of that. But there is also such an outpouring of aloha being spread all over the community that people just can't help but feel the love of Jesus and that's exciting. I know, we all know that our Salvation Army Croc Center Hawaii family has been busy loving on families and providing for the needs of our community to fulfill our mission statement. And that is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human need in his name without discrimination. So know this, know that you are loved by me, know that you are loved by all of our Croc Ohana and especially loved by God. And if this is your first time joining us online, I want to say welcome to our home. So speaking of home, I just want to share with you like a little story that's funny, maybe not so funny. But if you know my husband, then you know that he loves to golf. And with the golf courses all closed down, he took to setting up his own net in the yard and practicing his swing into a golf net. Well, I don't know how this happened because he's actually a pretty good golfer, but he totally missed the net and sent the golf ball right through our kitchen window. Mm -hmm. Anyways, let's pray and get started. And I'm going to pray that the driving range is open soon. Just kidding. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Heavenly Father, so much that your word in John 3, 16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Father, I pray that that would happen today, Father. Father, I ask you that you would speak, Heavenly Father, through me, that your words would go forth, Heavenly Father, and transform lives, that people, Heavenly Father, would come to know you in a very special way and father I just pray that our lives would bring much glory and honor into your name in Jesus name we pray amen so church today I've titled my message reset see everything in this world needs a reset button 
If my phone isn't working properly and it freezes, my daughter will say, mom, you probably just need to reset it. Just turn it off for a while, let it rest, and then turn it back on again. And when the cable wasn't working properly, I'd call the cable company and what they do is instruct me to unplug everything, count to 10 slowly, and then plug it back in. They'd say, let's try to reset it. You know, when I worked here, here at the Croc Center um, and my computer wasn't working properly, I telephoned our IT guy upstairs. And sometimes it was as simple as I had too many apps open, I had too much going on, and he'd ask me, Yvonne, did you try resetting your computer? And I, you know, embarrassedly say no, because I was usually the one calling him on a weekly basis. And I don't know why I'd always forget that simple step. But he'd say, you need to shut it down and restart it again. And so I'd do that, and for the most part, it would work. But when the problem was more serious, and for the life of me, I just could not figure it out, and frustration would set in, and I'd be lost at what to do. And so I'd call our IT guy, and I'd say, hey, I'm about to throw this computer across the room. You know, when the problem was uh, beyond me and I was out of control and our IT guy would ask for my permission to take over control of my computer. And when I gave him consent, he, from his office upstairs, he would begin to change things in my computer settings. And even though I couldn't see him, on my computer screen, I could see the cursor moving around as he navigated to reset things to fix my problems. See church, if that happens to overworked phones, cable boxes and computers, how much more important is it that we as people and especially as Christians, that we take the time to reset our body, reset our minds and reset our spirit? This time of isolation and massive shutdowns provides a great opportunity for us to reset our lives. You know, I hear people say this all the time. They say, man, I cannot wait for things to get back to normal. And I'm thinking, really? Stop and think. What was your normal like? Before COVID-19, I'd ask people, hey, how are you doing? And they'd say, Oh, oh my goodness, I'm so busy, so stressed, so overwhelmed. And I'm thinking like, why on earth would you wanna go back to that? So think about this. What if our normal was the problem that our lives weren't working properly? And what if God doesn't want us to go back to our normal because our normal was stuffed with too many things going on that left very little time, energy, or space in our hearts for Jesus? What if our normal was too influenced by this world that is full of wickedness, evil, and morally wrong stuff? but we've just been too hard-headed and too hard-hearted to allow God to reset it for us. You've probably heard this verse many times in this season, and it's because it is so true. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. See church, if we don't reset things on our own, things have a way of resetting it for us. 
Like if you eat too much ice cream, your body will reset itself and say, hey, I'm feeling sick here, enough. Or you can only stay up for so long before your body will shut down and force you to go to sleep. We were caught by surprise by this virus, but God wasn't. He is all knowing. God did not send the coronavirus, but I believe that he allows crisis to happen to push us towards Jesus, especially when our lives are all out of whack. And just like the IT guy, God is asking us to give him permission to take control. He wants to reset us from the inside out. He wants to reset our heart and our minds to reset it all towards him. But he cannot do it if our mind and our hearts are hard towards him. You know, I want to look at uh, Exodus 5 verses 1 through 9. And this is an interaction between Moses and Pharaoh. Um, and Moses, he's like my favorite or, you know, one of the tops for me in the Bible. And his story is so great and so long that you're going to have to go and read it for yourself. Because Moses, he's like born in Exodus chapter 2. And he doesn't die until like books later in Deuteronomy. So there's like Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then his story, even beyond that, continues to live on throughout the Bible and even with us here today, thousands of years later. So what was so special about Moses? Well, first off, Moses had a relationship with God like none other. Moses was not a perfect man. He even killed a man. But even in his, in his shortcomings and his fears, he ultimately was obedient to God and allowed God to totally reset his life. So the context of this scripture that we're about to read is this. It's the Israelites have been living in Egypt for hundreds of years and have grown from a small population that moved there during the famine to now millions. And so Egypt's ruler at the time, Pharaoh, he's developed a paranoia that the Israelite population is going to grow so big that they will someday take over the land. But despite his attempts to control them, the Israelites continue to multiply. And so Pharaoh's rule over them becomes even more harsh and the oppression even more abusive. So now God needs a messenger to go tell Pharaoh that he wants his people set free. And he chooses Moses, who's sort of MIA and on hiatus right now. But God wants to commission Moses to be his spokesperson, to go and tell Pharaoh to let his people go. But Moses is feeling ill-equipped and he's like, ah, oh God, I don't speak well and they don't even like me back over there in Egypt. And in case you forgot, like I killed an Egyptian. But God, God didn't get stuck on any of that. And so God sends help to Moses. He sends him with his brother Aaron. And after much resistance, Moses finally surrenders and is obedient to God's call. And maybe Moses still wasn't feeling good about it, but obedient nonetheless. So let's take a look at this meeting between Moses and Pharaoh. Exodus 5, 1 through 9 says this. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, 
Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with a sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they're crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Church, do you see how twisted it can get? Like Pharaoh thought he was getting it all done on his own. He wasn't open to hearing anything different. He was like, who is this Lord that I should obey them, obey him? And God wanted his people released so that his people could worship him. But all that Pharaoh could see was work, work, work. Nobody should stop working. Then he requires the Israelites to do more work with less resources. It's like, now go gather your own straw, but no more time is allotted and the output better be the same. Whoever doesn't slave that hard round the clock is deemed lazy. And anyone who asks for help is lazy or weak. Pharaoh says, anything outside of this torturous schedule is a lie. Again, how twisted is that kind of thinking? But might that sound familiar? What was your normal that you can't wait to go back to? A slave to what your life had become. Work, 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 round the clock, do more, 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 no sleep. People ask you, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy, so stressed, so tired. Then you feel like you gotta keep that up because heaven forbid that people should think of you as lazy or weak. So you push yourself to the brink, you're trying to keep up with the world and dear Jesus, we need a reset. So what happened with Moses and Pharaoh? Well, Moses, ends up leading his people, the Israelites, to safety through the Red Sea as God miraculously parts the waters and makes a way for them to escape death by the enemy. And Pharaoh, his army is drowned when God allows the waters to close in on them. Church, we serve a God who is a way maker, a God who is a miracle worker. He wants you and me in the safety of his ever loving arms and to drown out all the things that are holding us back from a life with him in the promised land. I'll also say this, we are each leading someone. We're leading our spouse, our children, maybe our grandchildren, coworkers, neighbors, but where are we leading them to? Is it going to be into the depths of a safe place in God's arms? Or is it going to be to drown in the shallowness of this world? Currently, 
This world is in a recession. And this is not a message about the economy, but I was recently on a business call about the recession. And here's what the economist said. He said, recession has a way of cleaning out excess. Now there's a whole thing about that on the business spectrum, but think about it on a personal level. This is a good time to reset your finances. Like don't go back to your old spending habits. If you didn't have an emergency fund savings when you, when you were furloughed or um, this recession hit unexpectedly, then this shutdown is a really, really tough time for you. And if you are someone who lost your job or maybe you even didn't like your job, then this might be a good time for a career change, a reset that could be a blessing in disguise. And I'm not saying that it won't be tough. Go back and read the rest of the Israelites' journey to the promised land. It was no walk in the park. It was tough. Do what you can do and trust God to do the rest. Remember Moses, he was like, ah, God, that job you're sending me to, I can't do that. So God sends him help in Aaron and he'll send you help too. Moses ultimately obeys God and God uses him for an amazing purpose. You know, another thing that the economist said about recession, he said this, the only benefit to recession is that it cures inflation. Inflated means something that's excessive or unreasonably high. And I know he said it in the realm of economics, but I also think about how sometimes we need to be cured of our inflated view that we have of ourselves and our lives. Recession means to recede or move away from a previous position. Pharaoh definitely had an inflated self-view as a king, as a ruler. He even saw himself as a god. He wanted to be in control of everything and everyone. His heart was hard against God. Church, what in your normal life was inflated, excessive, unreasonably high that you need to move away from because it's blocking your view of God? See, when our focus is more on ourselves or our situation in good times and bad, Anything that we give too much credence to can distract us from our worship of God and from his purpose for our life. Sin means to miss the mark. If that describes your normal life, then here's a chance to reset and worship the one who is able to forgive our sin and to heal our land. And I'll repeat that 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my face or who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Church, God is calling us to repent. Repent means to make a complete change of direction, like a 180 degrees turn away from sin and towards God. I believe that there are things that God wants us to completely turn away from and turn towards him. Going back to our normal would actually be going backwards. God has a new normal ahead for us. But the new normal cannot be God's new for you unless we have the greatest reset of them all. 
and that is the reset that Jesus provided when he died on the cross and rose from the grave. Church, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, everything is reset. Everything is brand new. There isn't anything that this reset won't heal and forgive. And it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter where you come from or your lifestyle. Jesus loves you and has already forgiven you. Now, are you going to wake up tomorrow and be perfect? Nope, it's a journey. A Chinese proverb says this. It says, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Just take one step towards Jesus. He's already there waiting for you and will be here to walk with you on this journey. If there's anyone watching, anyone here that would like to take that step and reset your life towards Jesus, I wanna offer this prayer of salvation. And I'm going to read the prayer and it'll be on the screen and you can repeat after me. So those of you who would like to reset your life and give your heart to Jesus, just repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins and that he rose from the grave conquering death. I received Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior, and I commit to following him. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, then you have been born again, and I want to welcome you into the family of Christ. If you prayed that prayer and you've accepted Jesus into your heart, I want you to let someone in our Croc Church family know so that we can link you up, like literally link you up, to people who can support you on this new journey with Christ. Church family and our visitors, I am absolutely blessed to be with you this morning. Have a beautifully blessed day and let me pray us out. Father God, I thank you so much, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Heavenly Father, uh, for new beginnings. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for resets. I thank you, Lord, for anyone who has received Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning. Father God, we celebrate. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would make them bold. Make them bold to reach out and tell somebody so that we can link them up with people who can support them and walk alongside, Father God. Father, we love you and we thank you for this morning. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, you have a great day. Much aloha to you all. Bye-bye.